In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another episode of A Visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of pro wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Sparks, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm pretty happy right now. I'm eating Skittles. I mean, who isn't happy when they have Skittles, a mouthful of Skittles? I was going to make a joke about who's Skittles, but, you know, I'm blow past that. And move on to also joining us from up north, our RCMP, JLB. What's going on, man? Hey, 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 it goes on. I am not having Skittles. I am just having a little H2O, little water for my my well-being. I'm good, guys. Can't complain. Same old. Still here. Still doing the same old, same old. Washing the hands. Practicing the social distancing. Not wearing the mask because I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying in my house. Say, not uh, like you have a whole lot of choice with social distancing. I hear you guys are locked down pretty hard now. Yeah, curfew from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. Woot. Yeah, we don't have anything like that here in Nebraska. Not yet you don't. (laughs) Uh, Pete Ricketts ain't ever going to order a lockdown. There could be literal zombies roaming (laughs) the fields. And he'd be like, no, we're not going to lock down. I like zombies. Yeah, straight up. I would I would hate to be locked down if there's zombies. I'd be so down to see if I can kill a zombie. Yeah. Well, and I, just, zombies, I have. You just go for the head. <laughs> pretty easy. They move slow. Unless they're those 28 days later running zombies. Right. But then I'm still. screwed. Then, then you've got a rule number one cardio it. <laughs> wow, we're switching zombie movies left and right here. Uh, I have watched m- almost every zombie movie. I It's the only yeah. type of horror movie I'll watch. Frankenstein's monster. I mean, technically a zombie. Have you watched I mean, it? Yeah. I've even watched The Passions of Christ because, you know, technically he's a zombie too. Wow. Hey, can you argue with me on it? You are, you are, uh... He fits all the Boy. criteria. I, I'm really glad that your wife listens to the podcast and early on you went straight in for a sexual joke and now you're going straight after Jesus jokes. She's going to think very highly of you right now. Ah, she'll be fine. <laughs> Don't tell she'll, her how she thinks. We've been, we've been married for 12 years and dated for five years before that. If you think she hasn't gotten my humor yet, fine. <laughs> Uh, before we get into everything, Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So make sure to head on over to tatnusco.com. Check out the other shows on the network. If you are new to this particular show, the premise is simple. We take turns challenging the others to book some unknown and often unlikely scenario in the world of professional wrestling. We don't discuss them in advance, so it's entirely off the cuff. We think that makes it more fun. I would also like to remind everyone to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Click that little follow or subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to it. That way you get notified as soon as we uh, post a new episode. And head on over to patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu. Support us there and get access to all the sweet perks like our Discord server and uh, all the other stuff that happens there. It's just three bucks a month and it helps us out more than you could possibly know. Um, but on that note, we will get into the fantasy booking. Um, 
before the show, I I asked you guys a question because my particular fantasy booking might take a little bit of time. So it's, so if you guys would rather do yours first or rather save yours till the end, uh, thinking it's going to be more fun afterwards, just let me know. Um, just to verify in advance, I am not booking an entire entire Royal Rumble. Not happening. Uh, no one's booking an entire Royal Rumble by themselves. No. no that's what the paid guys do we don't get paid i told you you're not booking an entire royal rumble yourself but since you uh, say all that we'll just go ahead and get into mine because it is the royal rumble (laughs) but but we're but the reason i asked my question is we're gonna round robin it one one entry at a time um and because it's included him in hmm? i said thank god we included you in (laughs) <laughs> told you it was going to affect how long it takes um but so because of that we're going to to uh round robin it in one pick at a time um we're not going to book eliminations from the royal rumble uh we're just going to to do that and then at the end we're going to say of our entries who we think should win that's that's it we're not going to book every single elimination and, and book it all the way through but it's royal rumble season we really should at least fantasy book a royal rumble yeah that's valid what a good pal so <laughs> on us let's say do this last year's royal rumble too we probably did um but i'm gonna be honest with you we'll probably do it on every royal rumble as long as we're doing a podcast because it's one of those things uh, every year before Hell in a Cell, we book Hell in a Cell matches. Every year before Survivor Series, we book Survivor Series matches. Why should Royal Rumble be any different? You're going to pay for this. You're going to pay for this tonight. I always knew I was going to pay for it. <laughs> you are so going to pay for this. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's do this. So, um, everyone pick a number from 1 to 10. 37. That's not between one and ten. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll go with uh, I'll go with the very obvious um, seven. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, three. JLB got it right on the knot. Three, it is. So JLB, you get to go first. The first entry into the Royal Rumble. The first entry into the Royal Rumble. Are we going? So we're literally going by order. Okay. Uh, first entry into the Rumble. We are going to go with... Oh, and just, uh, I, I didn't say it specifically, but we're doing Men's Royal Rumble. Uh, I was, yeah, was going to ask you. I mean, we still bring Nia Jackson in because she's yep. been in before. Yeah. Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix. Yep. So he is going to be getting, he is going to be getting the Stone Cold treatment. It is going to be none other than Mr. Keith Lee. Explain to me how that's the Stone Cold treatment. Because Stone Cold was first and won the Rumble. And so is Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I'm not crazy. I, I don't think Stone Cold was first and won the Rumble. I think he was second in the Rumble. Oh, semantics. He was one of the first people in. Don't you dare. Hey, Ray was number two and won when he won it. Yeah, there, there haven't been that many that were number one, correct? Stone Cold might have been number one. There might, have, there might be two. I'll I'll be doing some googling while Da Fabe decides on who's going to be his number two. 
Who does number two work for? <laughs> um, gosh, I, I don't want to ruin great. Yes, I know we did this last year because I said the same crap. I don't want to ruin great characters too early. <laughs> um, Sean Michaels in 95. Yeah, I was Rick- just getting on it. There have only been four that have won it from number one. Oh, really? What for? Vince McMahon in 99, Chris Benoit in 2004, and Rey Mysterio in 2006. Yep. From first ones in. From yeah. first one in. For, from in the first two, because Rey was number two. Uh, Not according to Google, Rey wasn't. Well, two is the same as number oh, one. Oh, one. Oh, never mind. That's one of the starting wrestlers, so it was either one or two. But technically, Austin isn't in that list, so he wasn't even one or two. Here we go. Well, then he's getting the Shawn Michaels treatment. Okay. Ricochet. Aw, that would be a great startup, too. That's why I, I wanted to make the initial start pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Okay, number three. You know, we were talking about him before the show. We are going to go with T-Boz. <laughs> I almost went there and, uh, and just thought, you know... How cliche for the second person to be Dominic Dijak and just, you know, put on this great big dude showdown. Yep. T-Bar. All right, you're up, dude. Um, So we shall make it a little interesting by bringing in Mustafa Ali. Okay, so we're going to have two members of Retribution right off the bat. That's assuming T-Bar hasn't already been knocked out. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Usually number three is still there when number four enters, but not yes. always. So, well, maybe it is always, but maybe this is the first time. Yes, because <laughs> it's uh, T balls. <laughs> you just call him T balls. I did. Okay, this gets crazy. His name gets crazier and crazier every time. Yes, it it's does. okay. I'm I'm really about to call him T Pain one of these times. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. Oh, I don't know. Where do I want to go here? I think we, uh, I think, I think this is, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and throw in our first throwback character. Uh, bring someone retired in. Christian Cage. Okay. Um, don't want to follow up with another throwback right away. So, it's, I am going to go with, I want someone who would put on a good show now. So, I'm going to go with Cesaro. This early, you want people who can put on a show and potentially last for a while, whether or not they're threats to actually winning it. Another potential winner, and you really only need one word to describe him. Bro. Riddler. Is he going to ask questions and pose problems for people? Because he's the Riddler. <laughs> did I say Riddler? Is that what I did? You said Riddler. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, we know that they're going to fill in some of these spots, so I'm going to be the first person to take take their lumps by putting in somebody who isn't uh, isn't all that great. Lindsay Dorado. Good good choice there. You know, here's the deal with Lindsay. We we can talk back and forth about him being part of Lucha Botch Party, but let's be honest, he can put on some phenomenal moments and get eliminated. You know. Yeah. So. So that's a good choice there. And like I said, this is a good place for to, to start packing with some of those high flyers to give some fun stuff to. Um, trying to decide whether it's early or too early to do this one or whether it's the right time. 
I'm going to go ahead and do it. We're going John Morrison. Ooh. Because you know he's going to be in it. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I originally had him as my winner, so. Oh, snap. Oh, it's time. That, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, yeah, it's been time for a while, though. Since he came back. It's been Since time. he came back, yeah. <laughs> uh, we are going with Seamus at number 10. I almost did Seamus instead of Cesaro. Mm. Um, I'm going to make the assumption that actually all of Retribution is still in, and I'm going to bring out Mace. I hope not all of the Retribution people are in the Rumble, though. I really hope. Like, I think Ali, like, at, at least stops with these three, because... Well, I mean, he, here's the thing. There's a storyline to be tell, told with all of the men, the Royal Rumble, and that is getting almost all or all of them in at the same time are they going to be able to function as a team and stack the deck in their favors um the downside is the answer to that almost always is no then they all get fucking eliminated and and whatever <laughs> or they uh, one another or they turn on each other exactly and uh they've already been shitting all over retribution for since they debuted is that a storyline they're going to tell again this time? I don't know. Um, I I do know I can never remember what Shane Thorne's name is, so... Um, Slapjack. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Slapnuts. <laughs> Good old slapdick. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be putting him in, but... I, I think Shane Thorne's is a great wrestler. I just... I don't know. I um, think this would be a good time for a Hardy to come in, so we're going to go with Jeff Hardy. Well, that's a better move than Matt. Yeah, it, it would be really confusing if Matt came in. <laughs> yes, it would. So back to you, JLB. We are going. I mean, who better to walk into the Royal Rumble than Elias? That's a good move. Good spot for him, too. Yep. Unlucky number 13. It's also a good story tell, to tell right now Jeff. because he's got that whole thing with uh, Jackson Riker. So much like talking the Retribution storyline, you can tell that storyline. Have Jackson Riker enter in at some point, and now will they be able to function as a team and stack the deck in their favor? I don't what know. was the last thing? Did they do anything on Raw? Uh, Jackson Riker wrestled a match because uh, against Jeff Hardy because Elias said that his thumb was hurt in playing his guitar so he couldn't wrestle. So Jackson Riker wrestled and then beat Jeff Hardy. And then Jeff stood up and talked smack about Elias and said, you, you can't beat me. You're, you know. And so then Elias came in and with the help of Jackson Riker won. Wait, was that just on this Raw? Yes. Because I feel like that same storyline happened with Riddle and Lashley. More or less. <laughs> Jesus Christ, so bad. Well, I... This this week's Raw, to go off on a tangent, because, you know, I'm known for them. Um, this week's Raw was a little oddly preempted. Uh, and I think so much of it comes down to uh, with McIntyre coming down with COVID, or I say coming down, getting diagnosed with COVID, testing positive for COVID. Uh, I just got a little case of the COVID, that's all. Yeah. Uh, he, he reportedly is feeling fine. Uh, not showing any symptoms, um, but uh, but in the end, it makes me wonder if there aren't other people that may have not tested positive but came into contact that they held back on 
because literally there were like a half a dozen people who pulled double duty on Raw this week. Uh, you know, Jeff Hardy wrestled two matches, one against Jackson Riker, one against Elias. Um, and like you say, the Bobby Lashley thing, uh, Matt Riddle versus... Anyways, and so, it, and then of course, the double appearance by Triple H on the show, opening it up and closing it out before the weird fireball thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, moving on to number 14. DFA, what you got? I think I want to do another retired throwback wrestler, Shelton Benjamin. Well, he's not retired. <laughs> I know. <That's, laughs> that was the joke. You're the joke. Wow. Harsh. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think kind of rude. <laughs> Price is hardest. He's an acting DA. A lot of work to do. This um, is true. I do, I do think, despite the joke, it is a good time to have another throwback. Uh, someone come out, fill in for a bit. Of course, not have any shot in hell of winning. Uh, yeah. You know? We could, we could <laughs> figure, fi- find whatever wrestler they had play Trump in that one wrestling match versus Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, Jesus. Come out and wrestle. Um, I thought you were going to go to a scene of this. Sorry. Yeah, no, Cena would be, I, I just don't, I think much like I talk about The Rock not participating, I think yeah, Cena's I good enough. I don't think he's going to be cleared to wrestle. Um, but I do think there is a certain oh. brother of destruction that is not officially retired uh, and can come in, take a little bit of time off from being uh, mayor of a county. So I think Kane's going to be there. Number Kanye? Three. Yes, we're going to have Kanye come in. <laughs> 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 um, halfway through, Kane. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's my turn now. So Kane's gonna clear house, though, right? Like he usually would. So that's kind of dangerous. Yeah, he'll he can clear house. Here's the point where you can have some of those storylines of so and so didn't go out over the top rope, um, and so they're laying on the outside, but they're still technically in the ring or in the match. So. Right. Like Morrison can be under the bottom rope or whatever, so he can clear house. This is a, a time when he can do things like come in and take out Lince Dorado, uh, take out Cesaro, stuff like that, but leave a few people back in the ring. Um, all right, well, Kane's in there, he's a powerful force, and there's nothing like showing another powerful force of what he's made of, and you have none other than. The CEO of the Hurt Business, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that MVP is the CEO. Well, what is he then? Isn't he's a COO? He's something. MVP keeps saying he's a C. Yeah, I think he's a CEO. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unless he's a COO, he's C something. All right. But yeah, oh. and he's gonna take out Kane like it's nobody's business. I thought that this would all, I, I, my brain was in a similar spot to yours, um, but there happens to be a professional wrestler who is knocking on the door of Kane's record for most eliminations that um, is also a big guy, needs to come in here or fairly soon, so we have a reason for him not to have won, um, and that would be Braun Strowman. That's exactly who I was thinking of, so. Th- this um, actually could be a, a good set of spots. Kane comes in, well, actually, Elias comes in because Elias is a pretty big guy overall. Comes mm-hmm. in, then Shelton Benjamin, then Kane comes in, clear, clears house. Then Bobby Lashley comes in and is able to clear Kane out. 
And then Braun Strowman comes in, and you have the face-off between two big guys there. Uh, I did I did checking, and Vindication goes to uh, JLB because he is officially billed as the CEO of the Hurt Business, Bobby Lashley. Oh. Fair enough. You win. Yeah. Yay. Um, so now I can't continue the big guy uh, theme here because this is a Royal Rumble, not a huge guy match. So, um, so I've got to go back to someone a little bit uh, less huge. Um, that's what she said to you. Well, indeed, that's part of why my wife chose me. <laughs> I mean, what? Sorry. <laughs> Thinking. Uh, <coughs> I think we will go with... This is a good time to bring Miz in. I know Miz has the money in the bank, so he technically doesn't have to win uh, the Royal Rumble. But he can come in, and this is where he can kind of act as a, as a helper to Morrison. Right. Who we've established is probably still in, even though all these big guys have come in and cleaned house. He's one of those guys that is hiding under the ring. Mm-hmm. And of course, needless to say, he's going to have to do one of his phenomenal get thrown out of the ring and somehow or another make it back in. Uh, oh, speaking of which, we need Kofi in here soon. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to put Kofi in, unfortunately, in reality, Kofi is injured and will probably Ow! not be in. Oh, snap. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Um, but this is still fantasy booking, so you can put him in. I just thought I'd bring that up. That's why Xavier Woods wrestled solo this week without Kofi even there. Kofi apparently has, I want to say it's like an, a knee injury or an ankle injury, something like that. Anyways. But yeah. I, I, I have an idea. This could this could uh, fill both of those those things. So the big guys come in. One of them throws Morrison out, but he does his landing on the barricade thing. And then he just stays out there on the barricade while all the other big guys come in and throw each other out and, and do it. And he just hangs out on the barricade and just waits it out for a while before doing his tightrope walking and get back in thing. Nice. Because he's smarter now. He knows that they can't come get him on the outside. Well, they could. They could roll out underneath. They could. But then they get too much stuff to worry about on the inside already. So he just kind of waits it out there and hopes they just forget that he hasn't been eliminated. Anyways. Who's your 19, JLB? Uh, we are going with Dolph Ziggler. Ziggs. I feel like he would have to be in there. Like, I don't know. He's one of those guys that's at least definitely in the 30. Mm-hmm. I would like to see all of the Hurt Business in at the same time. MVP. Well, I would normally say that this is where I would fulfill your, your goal and have uh, Cedric Alexander come in. But I had a I had an idea for that. Forget about Cedric. <laughs> yeah, can't forget about Cedric. Uh, and I'm not gonna put Cedric in just yet. Cedric's perfect to turn on the rest of them. By the way, they've already been selling that story. Yeah, I mean that's that's the obvious story. Is eventually he's going to get too big for his britches and turn on the rest of them. Um, or that he was secretly you know hiding with them the whole time and he was actually a good guy. It doesn't matter. That's the storyline they're telling. One way or another, he's gonna turn on them. But I think this is mostly based on what happened this week uh, from a standpoint. But I, I think this is a great place for another throwback wrestler. Probably the last one. They could maybe have one more, but typically they don't have more than like three of the real throwbacks in, in one. Uh, but we saw Trips wrestle this week. 
and a Royal Rumble is a good spot for for a wrestler like Trips to come in and not worry about hurting himself too much and not have to worry about winning a match sort of a thing. So Triple H. Moving on to number 22. Triple H is in. He's got to come in at some point because he also never misses a rumble. Randy Orton. It's a good place to have him come in based on the views they sold this week. Mm-hmm. So number 23, Um, I don't feel like The Fiend comes in this match to eliminate Randy Orton. I feel like Randy Orton is just... I don't think The Fiend is a member of the match. I think The Fiend eliminates Randy Orton. Does that make sense? Yeah. They, I mean, there's a history of non-members assisting in the elimination of, of things. Uh, there easily could be a lights out moment. Lights come back on. Fiend's in the ring. Fiend pulls Randy Orton over the top rope and out. Something like that. Yeah. And then under the ring to hell. Something so, like that. Yeah. Is there... Otherwise, you want The Fiend barely... barely quickly after our chaos but um i'm gonna round out the hurt business because i said i wanted it to happen so i'm gonna make it happen yep about as good a spot as any to do it um so to do yeah i was lazy i just typed cedric and i said that's it for me i know who it is there's no there's not another cedric for me to be worried about right the entertainer yeah oh he could be in a about uh, I think this is time for a big return. And I oh. I don't necessarily mean big return. Like, we're done with big returns. No, I said we're done with throwbacks. Oh. This is a big return. More specifically, this is an active wrestler that we have not seen recently. Uh, not as big of a return as Edge in the last years. Uh, but it's going to be hard to be that big of a return. Uh, but this is Rollins. Yeah. Coming back. Good move. Uh, you know, I mean, he's gonna be coming back soon. Yeah, he's he's been off taking care of his new little baby, but eventually he's gonna come back and take up his mantle. He's still, in most people's eyes, one of the top dogs for WWE. So this is a great time to bring him back at the ring. number twenty-five. JLB, is it really that great of a time, especially when you have KO coming into the ring to make sure Rollins doesn't get anywhere far enough? to the final four they will be continuing their feud maybe maybe not because Roman is still a bitch but yes wait is KO facing Roman yet technically at Rumble or no um nothing's been announced right because Pierce is facing Roman I forgot excuse me but I forget about it let let's be honest we talked about it in our other show I don't think any of us actually expects Pierce to be the the one that faces Roman in the end. That's true. So maybe that's not a good choice, though, because I feel like if we're being realistic about it, it almost certainly would be KO. So Rollins is in. You know what that means? Making his debut in the Royal Rumble. It is Dominic Mysterio. You know, I like your KO choice better, but that's beside the point. 26, <laughs> hey, babe. So, um, he's still disgusted. Entrance that, that shouldn't win, but uh, are going to get too much of a push. I'm going to go to a big surprise entrance that should win and is going to get quite a bit of a push. Damian Priest goes to main roster. Yep. I mean, we've basically said that 
all the reports show him getting pulled up and debuting at the Royal Rumble in the Royal Rumbles as good a spot as any. I still, if I were doing it, I'd put him as the choice Adam Pierce has to replace, but that's beside the point. Um, I'm going to go for number 27, lucky number 27, still yep. the most winning spot of them all, uh, but not by as much as it once was. Um, it's still just four, isn't it? Yeah, it's four, but 30 has had three and 24 has also had three. So if either of those spots win one more, 27 is no longer solo at oh, the top. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, to tell the story with Rollins even more, this is a time to bring Murphy in. Ooh. Um, plus, he's someone that legitimately is like right on that cusp of possibly being a main eventer. Um, and having him come in at 27 is a great kind of like psych out. Maybe he will be able to win because he's really fucking good. Uh, but spoiler alert, he's not going to win because Rollins is there to stop him. Right. So 28, your last choice, JLB. I feel like we didn't mention him. He won't be your 30 because I feel it's not that big of a shock. And 29, I feel like, has never won a Rumble. So 28 will be Big E. Excellent. Numero 29. How the hell do you get 30th? Son of a... Um, FYI, uh, 28 has won twice, just so you know. Oh, really? Okay, snap. Mm -hmm. I struggle here because this is the point when you look back at your picks and you go, golly... I'd sure like to have Shinsuke in. I'd sure like to have um, oh, Sami Zayn in here. I'd sure like to have you know several of these other people. Uh, Bobby Roode. Um, you know, there's there's just a ton. I think I think that that we lack some heel work in a lot of places. I think at this juncture, Smarks knows where I'm going because I intentionally didn't mention his name is missing. Um, and I think all of all of our listeners are going to hate this, and because they hate it, it proves why he should come in at this spot. Uh, well, yes, Corbin. he's a king. Yep, King Corbin. <laughs> yeah. He's very hateable, and he's incredibly good as a heel. And so him winning is also very good. Yes. Um, kind of the same thought process with number 30. Uh, 30 is one of the spots that has won three times. But at the same point, 30 is also like that gimme spot in my mind where you put someone in who you think can win and they don't win. You put someone in who you don't think could win, they do win. Uh, I think this is a good time to have one of your short-term NXT call-ups. Um, not a full main roster call-up like we expect Damian Priest to be, but a one-off call-up. Someone who can make a big entrance, get a big pop, and then get eliminated fast. And the best way to do that is have someone who's super popular, super healy, and actually small. So this is a good spot. Adam. <laughs> yeah, for an Adam Cole baby to come in. And you can actually have him surrounded by the rest of, like, he comes out, but have the rest of Undisputed Era come out onto the ramp with him. So it's like he, he gets this big, like, king's entrance sort of a thing. And uh, just then fucking gets fucked off right off the bat. Because <laughs> I don't know too many people who could sell that properly, but Adam Cole Bebe is one of them. And it wouldn't destroy his career. 
Yeah. So on that note, we now have all 30 people in the Royal Rumble. And um, I think DA Fabe and I are in agreement with who we think should win. Um, I I've said a long time ago that I think it's it's beyond time for someone who does one of those miraculous, you thought I was eliminated, but I wasn't eliminated things like Kofi, or in this case, like John Morrison to actually win. So John Morrison at some point does one of his miraculous psych out, I didn't get elimination thing, uh, and comes back in and somehow another goes to death. And I think DA Fabe's probably in, a, in agreement with that. Well, I was until you picked him, and you said at the beginning of this we had to pick our own people. No, no, I said I said we debate on who wins. I didn't say we well, had to pick who wins based on our own people. I'm gonna, <laughs> I mean, yes, that was my pick. I didn't want him going in that early because that, that's a really tough spot. Um, however, that would mean he would accomplish kind of that HBK um, marathon man, that Rey Mysterio marathon man. Combined. Keep in mind, he came in at number nine. Yeah. So he's he's Combined in the first third, but it's not like he's number one or two. No, no. Combined with um, the uh, the not being eliminated mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, getting outside. Again, I, I still believe it's time for that. Um, but in order, in, in the interest of uh, variety, I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick one of my own because you picked one of your own. Um and I am going to say, uh, oh, I'm going to say Bobby Lashley. Oh, no, that was you pick. Never mind. Yeah, I, was, I was going to say, even though that wasn't one of your picks, <laughs> I was like, okay, Ron. just my pick as your own, I guess. Braun, 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 right after him. And Braun Strowman win. That would suck. I'm, I'm going on the record saying I was going to choose Morrison no matter who put him in there. He was my pick to win no matter who put him in. And you know, from the beginning, I said that was the guy I wanted to win this year. The guy I'm rooting for is not the guy who's going to win. I don't know. I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. I'm thinking Big E or Bobby Lashley. I feel like it's time for one of these guys to get that total main event push. So it just really kind of depends on what SmackDown or Raw is doing. Do we see, you know, Lashley against Roman? I don't know how good that would be for a mania. Uh, you know, or I guess Lashley could go against McIntyre. If McIntyre is still champion by WrestleMania, I'm sure he will be. Um, but they have done it where they've also, or maybe they haven't done it recently, where they made the Elimination Chamber match be the number one contender, right? They also made it the title. So. Yeah, so. Um, but I, I'm going to have to go with... Uh, Biggie. I feel like Biggie, though. It's it's about time. Okay, well, so we've got a three-way disagreement over who would win this. I, I am going to point out something kind of interesting here. Uh, both D.A. Fabe's choice of Braun Strowman, who came in at number 17, and my pick of John Morrison, who came in at number 9, come in at positions that have never won before. Ooh. <laughs> Unfortunately, Big E at number 28 has won twice. Right. So. Oh, I mean, if we're going to dispute it, I, I'm going to go to Tim Morrison wins. <laughs> like, like, now we have two or three. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I say, to me, that's the better story. Plus, it sets up a nice storyline of now Morrison has a shot 
at the title, and Miz still has the money in the bank. That would be cool to set up. Yeah. You know. Miz can cash in on Morrison right after he wins at Mania. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is Miz going to turn on his best friend as soon as he wins? Um, I see it happening, for sure. (laughs) Um that sells that really does sell i would really love to see that actually that is really awesome and that would elevate morrison to a whole nother level and give him a good storyline to continue for a good chunk of the year as well or does miz cash in uh against someone at elimination chamber and forget that he's gonna have to face morrison now and forget that he's gonna have to face morrison and so then it's friend versus friend at WrestleMania. You know, there's a lot of storylines they could tell with it with Morrison. And, you know, outside of WWE, we've seen that Morrison can 100% carry a championship. It's time for WWE. To, so that is my argument. But, you know, go, going out here, all of you listeners out there, everyone in the jury, let us know who you think should win this based on our orders. Maybe you've got a different idea. Maybe you think they should have a Triple H win it. Uh, just as a big send-off. They absolutely oh, no. should not. <laughs> do not do that. Um, King Corbin, you know, that's, that's 29's never won it. And it's a really good spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, 29 actually has won it twice, but it's still a really good spot to be in. Who is it? Uh, 2003 and 2010. I gotta look up exactly who it was, but... Da, da, da. 2003 was Lesnar won it, and 2010 was Edge. So find it odd that we didn't have Edge in. The- um, yeah, I, I thought about putting him in at one point. I I debated on it just because he's been absolutely MIA since that last uh feud with Orton. Yeah, last match of the feud with Orton. And whenever he comes back, we know it's going to be for revenge on Orton. And so I wasn't 100% certain I was going to put Orton in this match. And then he got oh. put in number 22 by JLB. And He's then also it was- got of his own right now. And that's why I don't think Edge is going to be in there. I could see Edge maybe taking out Orton before he even gets into it. But again, that, there's already a feud there for Orton mm-hmm. that is not done. Um, I think that it could be at the Christian Cage spot and Cage knocks out Edge to take that spot and then you can have a match between Christian and Edge, which could I, be a fun I Actually, number six with Cesaro was where I was really debating on putting Edge in. Uh, having Christian in number five and Edge number six, but I, I kind of went against doing that that early and then it, later on it just didn't fit anymore. But if you have Edge's music play and Christian comes out and knocks him out and takes his spot, that's that's kind of big <laughs> that can create a, a good feud for those two to go out with each other because they're best friends mm-hmm. yeah that'd be kind of cool but so like i say to our listeners out there let us know who you think should win um or who we should have put in that we didn't because you know with only 30 spots there's a lot of people that we could have put in uh especially when talking about those those legend spots you know we had kane we had Christian. We had Trips. We didn't yeah. put Biggie Man in. We didn't have Sergeant Slaughter come out for nostalgia. No Santino Morella. No Santino or... Uh, he'd come out for the women's match. Yeah, Santino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyways, let us know who you think should have been in it or should have won.
But we will go ahead and move on to the next challenge. Who wants to go next? Oh, by all means, JLB. I'm saving mine. Okay. Um, all right. Um, dun, 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 dun. So I so now that I had all this time to think, I was too preoccupied with thinking about the wrestlers I wanted to put in the match. Um, so with that being done, um, mine might be kind of lame. Um, but I'm still kind of curious what you guys do with this Lacey Evans, Ric Flair relationship. I, I burn the script and bury it in a shallow grave, but then pee on it. She's openly married. Yeah, she's openly married and he's actually openly married. No, that doesn't ever matter with his character, but he only just got married a little over two years ago. Made a big deal. um, Here's what I do. Yeah, I, I I get rid of it. I mean, here's the deal. We've talked for ages about there there needs to come a time that certain things become off limits in professional wrestling. Relationships being in that category, mm-hmm. they need to not be on screen. Um, and faux relationships need to not imply cheating in real life. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, um, I'm gonna say yeah, burn the script. They they also probably shouldn't have, have a feud with his daughter and lose to his daughter in a match. That's fine. Yeah, you no, you but... could you can totally have it be he attempted to help her but accidentally cost her a match a couple times. So she challenges him to a who's the best flair match and beats him to be crowned the the flair of the future sort of a thing. That's fine. But adding this whole seventy one year old is now involved with a young starlet a and a married young, young married starlet. married mother made a big deal about her being a mother <laughs> yeah i'm out like yeah. i'm over that i honestly think your timelines i honestly think they're gonna do a winner gets custody it's gonna be charlotte flair versus Lacey evans and who gets custody of flair i swear to god vince is stupid enough to do that. yeah well whoever wins better get a lifetime supply of depends with it <laughs> Jeritrol. Or or the uh Saturday Night Live, oops, I just pooped my pants. I and I, I totally missed this on Raw, but I read the uh I read it I read the article on the results afterwards and I'm like, what? Why why is this a thing? I thought Ric Flair was just never to be seen again. You should just go retire and do nothing. How exactly did this happen? Vince needs somebody that he thinks can play perv because Vince is a perv inside. This is really what's going on. Vince is a perv inside. He needs somebody that he thinks can play perv that won't take heat. That's the one dude. You do that to one of the younger guys, they're going to look at him and go, uh, dude, I, uh, sorry, man. The world's different than it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Creepy old perv that can be manipulated by women. by Specifically, creepy old perv that can be rela- manipulated by boobs. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's the you know, I. We've said this before, but the problem is the fans have been clamoring for the Attitude Era back. And when Vince McMahon thinks of the Attitude Era, he really does think of all the worst things of the Attitude Era. Chair shots to the head 11 times. Yeah. And the Attitude Era did have many, many good things, but it also had many, many bad things. And uh, the... The perversion angles that were popular in Attitude Era are part. I mean, you know, next when, thing we know, we're going to have a revival of The Godfather, second round. Hey, there's another. There's another uh, legend that could come back. Yeah, totally could. 
Mm. Rikishi uh, could have come back anyway, in full Rikishi outfit. Face to somebody. But I mean, there's also a lot of perverted angles that didn't work. The Katie Vick. Yeah. Oh, there were a lot of them that didn't work. But Vince doesn't remember them as not working. He remembers them fondly. And so you bring back the Attitude Era in his mind. You bring back all of that stuff. I know you said fondly, but fondly. <laughs> I mean, you bring back uh, storylines of someone getting roofied and then married in a in a drive-through marriage shack in Vegas. You know, longest running relationship in professional wrestling. Yeah, roofie marriage. <sighs> but so, almost that is leading to a Charlotte Flair Lacey Evans match. If, if we are booking this match and we uh, this storyline and we have to do it, then oh. I think the best thing is to bring back the uh, hidden camera backstage gimmick that they have. And like like when they had the the hacker doing it, whatever you want to do, however you do it, you bring I, back. But, uh... Yeah. And and you have them catch Lacey Evans talking about multiple times about how he's using she's using that dirty old man just to to get access to his fortune or whatever um still a crap storyline it's still a horrible storyline but that's in my you opinion know, the, the only way to do it that's not 100% shitty you know it's going to make it only worse? Like 98%. we know it's going to make it worse is we're probably going to literally have Cardi B some Cardi B somehow join up into this gimmick cuz she's supposed to apparently be at mania uh, and her and Lacey Evans had a little bit of a shindig on Twitter, uh, where Cardi B took it to another extreme and thought she was being serious and started really insulting Lacey Evans. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try to mesh all this in together uh, to make it, or maybe Cardi is just going to perform at Mania and that's it. But having that Twitter feud that they had, I can't help but think Cardi B is going to be somehow seducing Flair at one point and Lacey will be pissed and whatever. And it's going to be like a whole thing, um, which would be super annoying because I absolutely hate Cardi B. But at the same time, kind of intrigued by it because at least Lacey Evans gets to do something noteworthy. She hasn't done anything great in a while. I, uh, oddly enough, I have no problem with Cardi B. Oh, oh, I kind of get a kick out of her. Uh, my daughter, almost three now, when she was one year old, uh, she would pull herself up into standing and dance to Cardi B songs on you. Uh, she thought Cardi B was, I mean, she couldn't understand or really tell what was going on. It was just bright colors flashing and, and a beat that she could dance to, but she loved Cardi B. So I listened to a lot of Cardi B at the time. You are a horrible father. (laughs) (laughs) I even uploaded a video to Facebook. It uh, muted the audio because I don't own Cardi B's song rights, apparently. (laughs) Be thankful. Um, Yeah. No, fair enough. So did you guys mention how you actually would book it or not really? Just, I guess, Attitude Era, Bonanza. Well, no, I, I mentioned how you bring back the backstage camera and you have it come out that Lacey Evans is just grifting him just taking all his money from him. And then that leads to a match. So it's not it's not Charlotte Flair angry because she's with my dad. It's angry because she's taking advantage of my dad. Oh, okay. Um, and then that puts Lacey Evans purely in the heel of this uh, thing. Because right now, it's hard to see her as the heel when, like, you look at it and she's like, I mean, is Ric Flair taking advantage of her? You know? What's going on? 
So you make it clearly be her taking advantage of Ric Flair that she's been manipulating him the whole time. And and you, it allows you to 100% put that there hasn't been anything between them, like sexually or anything like that. It's all been hinting from her and pushing, you know, and and all of that. I, you know, that, that kind of allows you to clean up the, the story there. But that's how I do it. Yeah, I, I, I guess I just have them go ahead and uh, win the titles, the tag titles, um, which means Charlotte can win a number one contendership against uh, Asuka for WrestleMania because we know that that's going to happen or they wouldn't have tagged them together. And that's the that's the rubber match, too. So, God, that sounds terrible when you're talking about Ric Flair. But that's the rubber match. Um, and so then you have them take the titles off of them. And immediately have uh, Lacey Evans go, I was just using you, honey. <laughs> right. To flare. That's the end of it. Just have it be over. That way you can have Charlotte pissed off at her for using her dad. Yeah. So, th- so you're Chamber. basically saying it's coming until Mania, then? Oscar Charlotte isn't coming until Mania. So, but they've got up until then to fill it with them losing the tag titles. True. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then a, a brief feud, Charlotte versus Lacey, now that she's got the tag titles and is done using Ric Flair. And then Charlotte versus Asuka at Mania. That's a great way to fill that time. In the end, and I said this to my wife when Raw was on, I said, I don't like seeing Ric Flair on my TV on the regular basis anymore. I don't right, like no. it because... In my mind, I want to remember him wrestling Sting on Nitro's first episode or wrestling Sting on Nitro's last episode or all of the great stuff that happened before and after uh, and everything. But now he's not helping his legacy anymore. He's not helping his storytelling. Now all I see is is kind of a sad old man who can't even walk down the ramp properly. Right. It's It's not helping my memories of him. And... Much like uh, Undertaker knew that he had to to step back because he couldn't go in the ring anymore, at least not go to the level that he wants to go. Having Ric Flair come out on the regular basis when he obviously can't do anything just makes me sad. And I don't want to be sad when I see Ric Flair. Me either. Um, and ultimately, that's that's a worry that we have with AEW with Sting. You know, how how long can they have Sting not wrestle a match before it just seems silly and sad to have him come. Now, reports have it that they do have planned for some cinematic matches with Sting, um, which is kind of about the only way you really can do matches with Sting right now, if you ask me. Uh, matches where you can call cut and let him recover for a bit. But they got to do something because, you know, he's at a month now of walk out to the ring, point a bat at someone, and then go to commercial break and you never see him again. Right. This is a baseball bat. Yes. <laughs> In case you didn't know what a baseball bat looked like, here it is. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that would be fantastic if he was giving lessons. No, I was just that, showing those guys what a baseball bat is. That's that's really what they should do. Oh my god, you just <laughs> gave me a brilliant idea. They should have a vignette of uh, Sting trying to teach Darby Allen how to play baseball. <laughs> hey, I'd be In, down in full costume and makeup. Right, <laughs> just at a baseball field, and he's showing him how to swing a bat, and then underhand pitching slow style to him, <laughs> showing him how to you know, oil up a glove. Just this whole like 
uh, leave it to Beaver sort of montage. Oh, teaching son things. Uh, that's, that's oh. I didn't know I wanted that until I just thought of it. And now, now that's all I really want from this. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so my challenge is entirely vengeance related, not the pay-per-view. Book the uh, Easter special match. <laughs> nope, nope. It is a holiday match, though. <laughs> uh, because next Monday is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And you're working for Vince McMahon. So this is going to suck for you because you have to book your Martin Luther King Jr. Day match. Yay, it's time to... I, you can go racist if you want, but I wouldn't suggest it. Trot out black people. <laughs> That's, that is really the sad thing, is because that's the way Vince McMahon sees it. Is yep. it is this is a time to to show we like black people. So here's a match with only black people in it, uh, rather than hey, maybe we should actually you know let a black champion be a champion. You know, um, maybe we should actually treat black people like real wrestlers all year long. Instead of just trotting them out once a year to say, look, we've got black people on our roster. Right. Um, it's tough because unlike most of the other holidays, you know, uh, Thanksgiving or whatever, you can do a comedy style match with it. But you can't really do a comedy style match for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, I mean, I guess Vince McMahon totally could do but I am not that heartless. So, um, I mean, I suppose they would probably do a... Probably a battle royal, um, not like a huge number of people, maybe a 10-man battle royal. Um, I think the part about this is you're limited to the raw roster since it's on Monday. Yeah, that's the tough thing. I, I say 10-man battle royal, but now I gotta, gotta bring up Wikipedia to see if there are 10 qualified people on the raw roster. Well, Ricochet's raw, right? Uh, Ricochet is, um, so that's yeah, one. Of course, the rest of the, the Hurt business is all raw, so that's Keith another there. Keith Lee is five. Um, uh, Xavier Woods is six. Kofi would be seven, but like I said, he's uh, injured, from what I heard. So um, so we're at six. Uh, oh, R-Truth, seven. Um, I guess technically Dabakato is technically... On the raw roster still, so that's eight. Uh, Mace is nine. You always got call-ups. Titus O'Neil ten. They have exactly ten on the active raw roster with Kofi being injured. They have eleven total. So yeah, ten-person battle royal. Um, they call all black. Seriously? Hmm. You're. Uh, I guess you're booking it Vince McMahon style. So yeah. That's that's what he does. He's like, it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Look, we've got black people. Um, so yeah, battle royal. I guess uh, maybe he has a special Martin Luther King Jr. trophy. Oh God, uh, this just gets worse and worse the more I think about it and book it. Um, God, I just don't even know if if the wrestlers on the roster would put up with it at this point. It, it's bad already. Like I, I feel like you just have the hurt business against the street profits on the new day. I feel like that's what Vince would do. Here's your MLK. Uh, match. Yeah, I mean, technically, they'd have to call street profits back from SmackDown for that. But 
But it's an MLK match, so Vince could do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, he could. I like. I don't. I, I forgot about Omos. I don't see what Vince would. Who? Omos, the bodyguard who hasn't actually wrestled, but he's a big guy. So they have twelve. Um. So we'll do. We'll do. Yeah, battle royal for the Martin Luther King Jr. plaque. I immediately regret this decision. Yep. You really I hope you do. I well, hope you regret I, it even more as JLB does his for, version of it. That's what you get for doing a pure Royal Rumble draft thing. It was way more fun than this. This uh, is it's got a valid point. But in, in the end, uh, Battle Royal for the plaque. Um, I think this is one of those times that you can give the win not to someone because of uh, because of their their current status in the company, but give the win based on someone's long-term status. So this is a time when I think you could have Titus O'Neil win the Battle Royal. For I have the- to admit, I was absolutely terrified that you were about to say um, uh, oh, uh, uh, 24-7 champion. Um, R-Truth? Yeah. I was terrified that you were going to say that. I was like, dude. Yeah, I was kind of thinking you were going that route, too. Yeah. Now, I think Titus, because Titus has been a long-tenured employee. He's put up with everything that's ever been thrown at him, even even the absolutely shitty things they've thrown at him. Uh, he does do a lot of, like, philanthropy outside of WWE. Uh, so I think it fits in that standpoint. But I'm going to make it clear. WWE, if you're listening, do not do this match. No. Yeah, definitely don't do... But, but they don't do anything usually for MLK Day anyways, right? No. Typically no. no. Okay. Typically no. Okay. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't see how... Like I, like, I literally think the Hurt business would kind of take over in the sense, though, of doing any kind of MLK thing. Just because right now the Hurt business is kind of the most dominant they, black... They are business. here. I'll t- give you my reason why I didn't have them... And it it really comes more down to a uh, a optics standpoint. The Hurt Business as a group in WWE, as an organization in WWE, is kind of antithetical to a lot of the things that MLK preached. And so having the good guy win in the end, I think, is more up WWE's alley uh, for that match. That they think that's the great, the best, better way to honor. Martin Luther King, rather than to have the villain group win, if that makes any sense. No, for sure. But that's why I think uh, if you have the herd business face up against, like, um, you know, the Street Profits with Bianca Belair on their side and the New Day, they're kind of more like the, you know, we're not here to dominate. We're more here to show our excellence and, you know, give everyone a good time sort of deal. Uh, would give that happier feel uh, for MLK Day and showcase the black excellence that is in the WWE, whereas her business is a bit too, you know, crude, if you will. See, and I would disagree with that. I uh, I think uh, too frequently uh, black wrestlers are pigeonholed into party guys, and you just took four guys who've been pigeonholed well, into party guys. Yeah. No, I see what you mean for sure. But so you would say then the Hurt Business would ultimately win then? Or you just wouldn't even do any kind of match like that anyways? What would you do? I'm just kind of curious. 
Oh, um, in fairness, he doesn't actually have to answer because it was his challenge. And uh, I'd have a number one contenders match um, for after Rome or after Drew or the Monday. This, 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 because they've already booked Royal Rumble's match or it won't happen. But um, I would have a number one contenders match between Keith Lee and Bobby Lashley. Mm. If I wanted to keep it on the up and up, that's what I would do. Which is kind of the goal of things like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think if any, yeah, I think like Lashley, he's very yeah. I I like him too because as him at the hurt business, he's maybe a bit too crude. But when he's alone in the wrestling ring, he's showcasing a dominance. You know what I mean of who he is. So I actually really like that. Nice. Yeah. Well, on that note, we are going to move on to our Thank game. God, let's get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go back to having some fun now. Um, so we have our game: Ring of Honor, AEW, or Impact. I'm going to give a list of three WWE wrestlers that need to ro- relocate to one of those three companies. The first round choices are our names: Rollins, Roman, and Ricochet. Ricochet to AEW. I just think I think the long term upside is there. Yes, Rollins is. Rollins is your Lex Luger moment. Um, Roman really would be, but I just don't think he fits, fits AEW's, AEW's roster at all. Um, unless he can bring Heyman with him. Um, so I've got Ricochet to AEW's. Um, Roman to... It's tempting to make uh, Seth Rollins go back to be Ty, Tyler Black. I feel like he still would have to be Tyler Black. He doesn't own Seth Rollins. Well, okay. But Tyler Black <laughs> is ROH. Okay. up. Um, I, at this juncture, I think he could be Colby, whatever his last name is. <laughs> right, he's got that career. Um, all right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna have. <laughs> oh wow, his name is Colby Daniel Lopez. Yep, never would have from Iowa. Tyler Black back to ROH and Roman Reigns because he loses the name Roman Reigns becomes the second J- Samoa Joe and calls himself. Samoan Joe in Impact. Because that's really Joe. I think he would call himself uh, Spartan Sam. Spartan something. What's what's another word for like king that starts with an S? Spartan soldier. I don't know. Anyways, in Impact. (laughs) He's no longer a Roman. He's a Spartan. Yeah, I would imagine. (laughs) This is Spartan. Um... So, yeah, no, I like Roman in AEWs, though. Uh, not Roman, excuse me. Jesus Christ, Roman. <laughs> Seth, I like Seth in AEWs. He can hang with the best of them, and he's also great on the mic, so he's perfect there. Ricochet would be great on... Uh... Wait a minute. Did you just say that, that Seth Rollins is good on the mic with a voice like this? Hey, hey, you... You shut your face. Sounds right? like Vince Hero got kicked in the nuts. <laughs> okay. I would like to test that theory. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. Um, yeah, so Seth, as I mentioned, AE dubs, we are bringing Ricochet to impact and <sighs> Roman could kind of work in impact too, though. But yeah, no, Roman's going to ROH. Ricochet is not done in the bigger leagues just yet. Sorry, I reach. 
I think there are several wrestlers who would tell you that ROH is the bigger leagues. Oh, and I'm certain of it. Several of them, one of them probably on in this mentioning. If he's not at WWE, ROH is the big league. Is mine. The Ricochet? I'm pretty sure that'd be Ricochet. No, I think Seth Rollins would tell you that. Yeah, I'm pr- pr- probably both of them. Ricochet might technically say New Japan. I mean, let's give you ways. let's give you a quick list of the people that you think are great. Not that that I am going to say are great, but you people you consistently say are great. Mm-hmm. Claudio Castagnoli, his championship runs. Uh, that's that's Cesaro for if you yes. don't know. Yeah, uh, that was more for the jury to hear that. Um, Claudio Castagnoli or Cesaro, known for his ROH time. Daniel Bryan. Tyler Black, or I'm sorry, Brian Danielson. Um, Tyler Black. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of somebody else, ROH, that's a big name. Sammy Zayn, I believe. Mm-hmm. Sammy Zayn was uh, ROH? Yep. Yeah. Oh. Uh, which also means Kevin Steen. Mm-hmm. But they were like everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I guess well, not, was they Sammy, were all Sammy, Ring of Honor pretty much immediately before WWE. So oh, was okay. Sammy Zayn, or was he... Was he uh, Generico. Uh, How many times do I have to tell you guys? El Generico is a different person altogether. <laughs> but yes, they both were in Ring of Honor <laughs> at totally separate times. My bad. So, um, you know, I mean, that's just a, a, a mild list. If I put a little more effort in, I can mention several others that were at ROH. And certainly, if ROH had better TV production or just you know better camera work, maybe I'd watch it. And I great wrestlers so learn to be great wrestlers. No, I get it. I just don't like how the camera work is. Here, here's a yeah. The uh, the camera here. It's indie wrestling versus pro wrestling in this respect. Um, yeah. and so they 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 film it more indie wrestling. But I I was gonna say earlier today I actually watched a match on Ring of Honor YouTube. They posted it uh within the last week or so. Uh, in honor of John Huber, aka. Luke Harper, a.k.a. Brody Lee. Uh, it was Brody Lee teaming with Jimmy Jacobs and Austin Aries versus Tyler Black, Delirious, and Necro Butcher. Oh, wow. That in, sounds- a, in a tag team elimination match. So individually, each one of those people had to be eliminated for a team to win, right? Uh, and the twist on it was you couldn't be eliminated the same way twice. Oh, that's interesting. So if someone so- got pinned... No one else could get pinned. They had to be eliminated in a different way. On their own team. No one else on, on their, their own team. Own. Well, no, I mean, at all, period. But yeah. So in the end, there was one time Austin Aries ca- uh, caused someone to tap out at one point. So then at the end, um, in the final, uh, Tyler Black had uh, someone, it might have been Austin Aries, in in a submission move maneuver, but he could not win because someone had already tapped out earlier in the match. Wow. That's really uh, creative. Nice. It, it was a phenomenal match. Uh, the only know? downside was it, it... You run out of ways to win. Well, they they were able to figure out a, a kind of loophole in it with this, but it's part of my problem with the match. Not problem. That's a tougher term than it really is. But this match being presented as an in memorial of... Brody Lee, Brody Lee and Necro Butcher both uh, double counted out uh, because they started to fight outside the ring and they took it to the back. And and so they both got eliminated by count out simultaneously. 
which was able to then now you're there were only four other people left to be eliminated so you only technically had to have three other disqualification mm-hmm. um or, so, or or somebody can't can't reach the 10 count and stand up yeah which is down out, yep. so but so it was still a phenomenal match and an example of some current and and recent past WWE and AEW superstars uh, in their pre WWE or AEW time in Ring of Honor because like Austin Aries of course went to WWE and then Impact and and um, went on to be a total tool bag but that's beside the point. Well, he was in Austin Aries was in Impact first, no? Yep, Impact and then WWE and then back to Impact and then tool bag. And well, I mean, apparently he was a tool bag the whole time, but okay. he really showed it off in Impact. He was, he was, uh, this was before John Morrison came back to WWE. He was in a feud with John Morrison. They booked him to lose his title to John Morrison. And it was supposed to, at least according to reports, supposed to continue on and eventually have a, a rubber match where they face off again. But he didn't like being booked to lose. To John Morrison's finisher, Starship Pain. Uh, so he took the pen and then immediately sat up, rolled out of the ring, got up and walked out, flipped off the fans and left. Oh, wow. Uh, what a douche. And has not been seen in Impact Wrestling since. And the sad thing is, literally Austin Aries might be the most talented wrestler in the world if he wasn't such a tool bag. Tool bag! Anyways... But that's that's enough of that. We will continue on. Who wants to go next in Ring of Honor, AEW, or Impact? I'll go. Okay. I think I, I I'm I'm giving I'm giving uh, JLB to send the chance to send us out gloriously. So uh, I'm gonna do John Morrison, Big E, and Braun Strowman. Our finalists. Good idea. Good idea. Okay. So Big E, <laughs> Braun Strowman, John Morrison. People we all argued about winning. Um, as much as I want to put John Morrison in AEW, because I do think he fits there really well, and he is a phenomenal wrestler and, and would go there, I'm putting John Morrison back to Impact. I think uh, him making a return there, his wife currently working there, makes a lot of sense. So, uh, and it allows me to put Big E in AEW, both giving him a hero's welcome into AEW, and... Uh, adding a little bit of color to that AEW roster. In honor of <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr. Day. In honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. The, uh, WWE, not w, AEW has brought in some more uh, people with with melanin, um, but they've been all tag team. They've been right. the acclaimed. They've been, um, oh, what's the name of the, the young tag team just brought in? The brothers, private party is half black. Yeah, not private party. It's the it's the other. There's there's a one that's brothers, literal brothers, and I can't remember what their name is. Bugging me that I can't. Anyways, uh, but in terms of singles, main event caliber stars, they really don't have much. Um, uh, Will Hobbs is the only singles star, yeah. and um. Is and that, so you're the, bring, that the big destructive guy that was tossing around uh, in the Cody Cody and Darby Allen match? Yeah, Taz's group. Okay, yeah. I thought that was Starks. That was uh, Starks is the smaller guy. Um, oh, okay, 
Yes. You don't have to explain why you, why you added some much-needed melon into the AEW roster. But but having Big E come in as a... Powerhouse. As a powerhouse and immediate main event caliber. The other thing that Big E brings is he's a fun powerhouse. He's not mm-hmm. just a party guy, which, which again, WWE has a t- tendency to pigeonhole him. But he's a powerhouse who's not an asshole. <laughs> and AEW's missing that, too. <laughs> Trying to figure yeah. out this guy's name and making me angry. Not guy, but tag team. Uh, AEW has that's a big dude is an asshat. Maybe, maybe Miro's not. Maybe, but right now he seems kind of like an asshole. <laughs> Dante Martin and Darius Martin. What do they call them? Top Flight. That's their name. Top Flight. Okay. Um, now that you figured that out. You can now that I figured that out. out. But again, they're in the tag division, and so it's. I, I I like the idea of bringing some more color into the the singles division um, in a way that can really show it off. So Big E there, and then um, uh, like Braun Strowman was the third one. What was that? By color, you mean his personality or 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 both? Melanin or both? Both. Because he does bring a lot of personality too. Yes, brings a whole lot of personality, and I think AEW would allow him to show off his personality even more. So. Um, if you follow him on Twitter, you know he's absolutely hilarious there in ways that I know WWE doesn't exactly uh, condone. Oh, gyrate your hips. Yeah. But um, he, he did a post, this was a couple years ago, that was just simply him pondering why when someone throws him into the ropes, he continues to run. <laughs> <laughs> said, That's awesome. Um, and then Braun Strowman, of course, to Ring of Honor where he can go be an absolute powerhouse and actually learn what it's like to uh, have your income uh, disrupted by a global pandemic. Wow. Still on that, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, those comments were pretty asshole-ish, though. So. Smarks yeah, is pretty pissed about it. Smarks is grudge. Well known for holding grudges. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So who was it again? It was Big E, Braun, and? Morrison. Morrison, yeah. Morrison. Yeah. Uh... I'll have to, yeah, because I really like Big E and AE Dubs. He's, I think he could do phenomenal matches, and it's another star to uh, hopefully be main eventing. Um, and great personality. He has a lot to the thing. So I'm going to be lame and say your picks kind of how you had them, because I definitely don't want Braun to go to Impact. I feel like that's a waste of everyone's time. And uh, he goes to ROH because he should definitely learn how. Uh, it works to be a poor wrestler and have to fight for what you want in order to make it. And then finally have some empathy for those who do get fired. So I concur with your pick. Also, it's called a promo, fella. If you want to be the big dog, you're gonna, if you want to be the, the monster among men, you're going to have to learn to cut one. Yeah, that's true. That's true, too. Although, to be fair, Impact doesn't really have great promo skills to begin with. So he can definitely yeah, go ROH. That. So that helps. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. um, so this is something I didn't know about Ricky Starks. He was trained by Booker T. Oh, cool. Yeah, it totally unrelated that. to our subject, but I just saw that and had to had to talk about it. Yeah, just had to chime in with your two cents, huh? Hmm? 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 If only people would give me two cents for it. Mm, that's valid. Um, Listens that you've gotten two cents. <laughs> So, So, yeah, my picks are going to... Okay, it has to be recent, though, right? Or can I switch it with... 
Maybe. In their prime. Uh, whatever you want. I typically do current wrestlers, but you know. Eh, we'll switch it up. So, wrestlers in their prime. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. It's going to be awfully cryptic. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, and Chris Benoit. Oh, that makes it tough there, that last one. Yep. I had it figured out until that. Um, and we're talking pure wrestling. We don't have to get into whatever have you. Pure wrestling in their prime. So, until you brought Chris Benoit into it, I was 100% Bret Hart to AEW. Um and Shawn Michaels to Impact. And then I was like, okay, whoever you bring is third, we'll go to Ring of Honor. Um, but then you brought uh, Chris Benoit into it, and it kind of throws me into a hoop. Um, Chris Benoit in his prime to AEW. Shawn Michaels to Impact. Bret Hart to Ring of Honor uh, to wrestle for their pure championship. I like yeah. it. I'm not even mad at that. Yeah, and you put the Canadian in ROH, but they're all phenomenal wrestlers. At the time, especially in their prime. Nice. I Fave. I would point out I was kind of booked into a corner there because uh, Benoit's also Canadian. So yeah, two, two out of three are Canadian. So two out of three were Canadian, and and so I was kind of stuck with putting a Canadian probably in Ring of Honor. Yeah, we, no, we know you're still mad about the Montreal screw job, but stop it. It's nope. not all about you anymore. To be fair, everyone still talks about it, and I don't even mention a freaking word. Blame the dark side of the ring for bringing it up again. <laughs> yes, that's my fake crime. Oh, I thought that was your future Joker laugh. I, I was like, that's, that's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Fine. Oh my god! Ask me how I got these scars. <laughs> <laughs> Have, have it played by puddles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm crying. That's hilarious. Okay. Um, I'm going to go. So I am an HBK mark, and I'm going to admit it, and I'm going to put HBK in, in AEWs. Um, <sighs> oh, man. So here's the problem. I'm going to list out the one major problem that isn't isn't um murder related for benoit but is isn't murder directly for benoit but is murder related i don't know if he's as entertaining without the flying headbutt um the crippler crossface is great and everything but i, I also have to have a pin mo- move he almost never pinned anyone with the flying head but early on he rolled around pretending like it hurt him as much as well and maybe it did hurt him as much as the other person um <laughs> But but you have to remove that move. Yes. Um, Brett is the excellence of execution. Not the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. But he is the excellence of ex- execution. Um, and for that reason, he deserves a big enough stage. And, and, and I'm I'm assuming the crossover right now. So I move him to I move him to Impact in order to allow for that crossover to occur. Um, I think there's less politics with those two organizations, so I think I think the Sean Brett rivalry doesn't get as violent or as as atrocious. Um, and and really, the only reason Benoit is going to ROH is to is to maybe get a different move set so that he doesn't have a flying headbutt in it. Hey, he had the rolling German suplexes. That was those my favorite. Fantastic. Movie. Yeah, they they were. It, it just. I think ROH would have cared enough about its wrestlers to say, you know, 
I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think you should do that. Yeah, I. I normally would make the argument that I think AEW's in that same position about doing that, but they did also let Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara do a horrible move off of a scissor lift and then finish the match. So uh, wow. AEW doesn't get away with that right now. Mm. I just like in my in my thing. I just feel that from a um, presentation standpoint, HBK and Impact makes a lot more sense. They can portray him as glitzy and glamorous there in his prime. No, I, I, I think I think either of those are fair. It's just that's it's kind of a guy. That's uh... yeah. Hey, I mean, you know me. My favorite match of all time, despite the fact that I'm a huge Sting mark, my favorite match of all time is the 60 minute Iron Man between. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Uh, Justifiably and, so. And it was a great feud. It was like a year and something long feud. Yeah. Well, and, the, and <laughs> here's the thing is, it's my favorite match of all time. And I wasn't actually a WWE rest fan at that time. I was a WCW guy. Uh, oh, so I didn't, I didn't follow the buildup or the feud. I just saw that match and I said, this is, this is fucking phenomenal. I'm in. On this match. Which match? So, Screwjob? No, the 60-minute Iron Man. Oh, yeah, that match was phenomenal, for sure. That, so, wait, whew. you're telling us that when when uh, Razor Ramon, or when, when Scott Hall came out and said, did you all come here to see WCW? I was saying, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did. To see the NWO. <laughs> I cheered at both times. Because primarily it was WCW, but NWO. I'm like, yeah, that, yeah to, you too. Yep. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah, all of those. Yep, both, all of the above. <laughs> One more for the good guys. Um, I guess, yeah. Each, yeah. Tie. Yeah. <laughs> so well, this has actually been a, a debate on a couple sites, and we have touched this very sensitive market category right now, a very sensitive uh, uh, political category, a couple times tonight, and I, I am curious. Um, so I, I personally place Booker T as this person. Um, but I, I'm curious what you two would say. Greatest black champion of all time. Any, any promotion. Oh, that's tough. Um, Booker T is obviously in the discussion. There's no argument there. Um, it, it's tough because then you get into the politics of some people don't consider the rock a black champion. Uh, because while his father was black, his, his uh, mother was Samoan, yeah. and they would they argue that that makes him not a black champion. I would I would say I don't have enough melanin in my skin to truly have um, a say in that argument. But I personally would have considered him a black champion, and it's hard not to consider him just from his overall impact on everything. Um, it's also tough not to at least bring Ron Simmons into the the mix yeah, as the first one as the first major uh black champion um it's also hard not to actually mention ron killings aka our truth uh he was the first black nwa champion yeah that's true yep. and, and great stint in in uh uh impact and in ec dubs yep so um so it's really he was up against some some well-known names in impact i mean he was yeah. yeah um but you know in the end uh the average person would say that wwe 
WWF championships mean more than other Federation championships, if only because of exposure, overall exposure. And that's where it's hard to argue against five-time, five-time, five-time Booker T. Um, and I was a Booker T fan in his WCW days, so I yeah. just... Doesn't he fall under WCW, though, more than he does WWE? Yeah, and that's my point. Is I, I was a fan of his WCW, but he did also have WWE. And that's yeah. where I think it, uh, it's just tough, because if, if you count The Rock, I think Rock definitely has to be up there at the top. Because not only from a championship standpoint, but as a cultural impact standpoint, you know. Ooh, that's a good point. Um, along the same lines, you know, like I said, Ron Simmons being the first one is is an important one. So in the end, if you count Rock as as a black champion, then it's him. If you don't, it's Booker T, in my opinion. Yeah, to be honest with you, I... Would have to agree, but I want to also add D'Lo into the mix. He wasn't world champion there. Are you just counting world championships? Yeah, I mean, that's what most people do in this situation, but go ahead okay. and do weird, weird analysis, because he was European champion. He was intercontinental champion. He had tons of tag championships. I mean, you could throw Mark Henry in this category, who was very dominant during his Hall of Pain run as world champion. That is true. Um... And and was a legitimate champion outside of professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, world's strongest man. Um, I don't know. I wasn't necessarily a fan of Mark Henry, but I think he certainly deserves uh, definitely to be up there just with everything he did accomplish. His Hall of Fame run, I think, was more so better than... I think that was his best gimmick. Hall of Pain, yeah. Hall of Pain, excuse me, his Hall of Pain run. Uh, was better than his sexual chocolate stuff or whatever. Hall of Pain was definitely where it was at and that wasn't even technically the prime of his career no you the know unfortunately was his sexual chocolate gimmick. yeah that's it um so i if you i mean if you don't count the rock because i think if you count the rock the rock without a shadow of a doubt the man is a special talent uh no one could uh beat him but uh i i probably would have to I would have to agree with the uh, Booker being the most, um, being just having got everything out of it. Although technically it was kind of a mistake of what he got from what he got. Cause I think the whole issue is with him facing triple H, uh, for the championship at mania was, I think that he wasn't technically supposed to be in the title picture, but someone had gotten injured or something like that. So, and I think that was his first time, did he actually win the world title? No, huh? The, for the WWE? Uh, he won the big gold belt one more time in WWE. One more time, okay. So he was a five-time WCW champion, one-time world champion. That's it. So I, that's why, because I always remember the five-time, but then I don't ever remember them doing like a six-time thing, because I felt like he at least won it once. Maybe yeah. he won the WWE once. No, because Kofi was the first WWE champion to be black. Yeah. It's crazy to think it took that long. That's, I mean... Well, no, Junkyard wasn't. Oh, no, but I don't think he was the world champion. I think he was some other title. The, Junk, the, uh, the technicality they have is that that uh, um, Mark Henry won the world championship, big gold belt, not the WWE championship. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, in my mind, puts the, the WWE championship on a pedestal it does not belong on. But um, that's just my thought process. I'm sticking to it. Fair. 
but the junkyard dog too wasn't he like technically the first wwf champion like no no what didn't he have the title at one point i feel like i remember nope junkyard dog never won the wwe title huh okay fair enough apologies but yeah uh it's 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 a battle between Booker and Mark Mark Henry, uh, just because I think his Hall of Pain run was pretty epic. Booker was great with King Booker, but uh, yeah, no, I guess I'll get, I'll throw it off to Booker because uh, Booker was certainly entertaining at that time. I think I think <laughs> his commentating is garbage when he was a commentator for quite some time, but you know it is what it is. Every had... gimmick he had as a wrestler was exceptional. Uh yeah. Um, well, yeah, but it was just, I, I just feel like he went different in the King Booker route before that. It was just always the same thing. I'm the five time, five time, five time. And it just got stale. The King Booker thing almost is kind of in comparison to the King Corbin thing. Right. Um, it's, you know, sure. It's the same thing, but I don't know. I felt Booker felt like even more alive with that character. I felt he did a few things that he hadn't done and it wasn't just the same old same old or at least i'm not remember it being the same old same old um because i think he did that for a good year and a half two years almost kind of maybe the same run as oh no corbin's done it for a year so yeah i i would say king booker f wwe wise king booker was certainly his claim to fame oh. wise but of course if we're talking wcw harlem heat and then, you know, winning the championship. I, WCW, he did it all. The WWE, I think King Booker was his claim to fame. Um, and then his commentating was just trash. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going with Booker. The five-time, five-time WCW champion and the one-time world. Way to pick a guy you just called trash. His commentating is trash. Complete <laughs> trash. Sorry, I just had to throw a little spin on it. Uh, a little spin a rooney on it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> did they? They didn't call it Spinner Rooney in WCW, did they? No, I don't think they did. I, was, I don't think they actually. I think that was a King King Lawler, yeah. Jerry the King thing. I don't think they actually had a name for it in WCW. I'm trying to remember. I just think they called it the spin up. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Or they'd say he does that break dancing move. Yeah. Or oh, here it comes. Oh, mm-hmm. he's up, which is more Shivani style. So. Booker T actually had told a story uh, during like a Q&A session about who actually had come up with the Spinner Rooney. Um, and fun little fact, it was... Uh, did, I just had it. God damn it. Uh, so basically they said he came up with it because he was 6'3 and 248 pounds. So he was, uh, uh, he was tall and... Whereas I was asked about the origin. Jeez, Louise. I was break I was a I was a breakdancer back in the day and I loved, you know, pop, locking it and whatever. I was practicing one day at wrestling school and I did it. It just kinda got stuck. Just tell me the wrestler. I remember one day when I was doing it, Mark Madden started saying spinner-rooney. Spinner-rooney, spinner-rooney. Oh, and well it, Mark Mark Madden was a WCW announcer, so yeah, so literally, he did that in WCW. I, I, I don't recall in the Spin Rooney in WCW, though. I don't either. I don't remember him saying it that way at WCW. But I've been wrong before. I just was curious. I think that it's it's okay to... 
address that, and I, I really do. You know what's I, messed up, It wasn't Mark Madden, because when he talked to Mark Madden, Mark Madden had told Booker, you know who actually came up with it? It was Chris Jericho. He was the one having the conversation with Jericho one day about Booker, and Jericho called it the Spinner Rooney thing, and that's how it was technically invented. So look at freaking Jericho still creating stuff way back then in WCW days that lives on. So kudos to the Canadian boy for calling it the Spinner Rooney. My bad. I cut you off. Sorry. No, you're fine. No, we're, we're good. Yeah, we're golden. No worries. I was still trying to Google when the first time they called it a Spinner Rooney, but I couldn't find that answer. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be hard to find. <laughs> Yeah, you'd think it was in some interview or whatever where they say that on Nitro that night they called it the Spinaroonie for the first time. But Sadly, somebody out there knows that by heart. Yes. Here's hoping it's one of the people listening to this podcast who's just sitting at home and goes, um, actually, it was December 21st of 1998. Well, you know, mocking him isn't going to get you that answer, so I would... No, 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 no. I know nerds better than anything else in the world, and mocking a nerd guarantees they give you the answer. Because now they've got to prove that they're better than you. There's nothing nerds like more than correcting people. And I should know, because I do it all the fucking time. (laughs) It's true. There's actually even a game show for nerds on YouTube called Um Actually. Nerds love many things, but one thing they all love more than anything else is correcting people. Yep. And I I watch that show a lot. (laughs) They love it more than burritos? Um, Actually, yeah, they do. (laughs) Um, actually (laughs) It's a great show, to go off on a tangent uh, The whole concept is It's kind of Jeopardy sort of thing He he reads off a A statement that something About it is false It's about about something nerdy And something about it is false So like it'll be a Pokemon statement uh, And it will Incorrectly identify the subtype Of a certain Pokemon in it But the person has to ring in and, and And show what was wrong with that particular statement. But they have to preface it with the phrase, um, actually, or else they don't get the point. Ah. I'm like, um, actually, uh, Gandalf couldn't have sent the eagles to take them all the way to Mount Doom because... I love it. That is incredibly nerdy. Yes. And I am super nerdy, so... Anyways, that is enough of... Of the nerd side of me coming out on this. We'll have to do a nerd podcast on a separate channel someday. But on that note, I think we will start to wrap it up for the Fantasy Booking Institute. We had some fun and we had some not so much fun. Um, If you did like this episode, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. If you didn't like this episode, make sure to like, share, and subscribe as well so that hopefully we can win you back with a better episode down the road. Uh, you can follow us on social media. You can follow me on pretty much all of them at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. And who knows? Maybe he'll tweet again sometime this century. I've already tweeted once this century. That's why I said again, again. Um, actually, I said again. Um, actually. Or um, actually, you can follow your boy Justin JLB at JLB420. Real Talk Radio, of course, is the brand. So you can follow us, the brand, at 
Rio Talk Radio 8 on Twitter or at Rio Talk Radio online on the Instagram. And um, that is it. Oh, um, nope, that is not actually, it. Actually, you also have realtalkradio.online. Um, actually, and also if you want to find out where all my podcasts are, you can actually go to anchor.fm slash RTR. J-O-B out. <laughs> um, make oh. sure to subscribe to the podcast, like I said before, so that we can redeem ourselves on a future podcast. Um, review us <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Just like the number of stars, you will give your beautiful vacation at beautiful Turks and Caicos. <sighs> Turks and Caicos. Um, actually, it's pronounced Caicos. Um, actually, you're you're right. Unfortunately, I think I think I am right. I think I've been mispronouncing it the whole time, which is weird because like I grew up there, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what the locals call it. Mm. Yep. I was just <laughs> gonna say that. Uh... <laughs> like in Canada, when you go to Montreal, it's actually Montreal <laughs> to us locals. Who lived in both Turks and Caicos and Montreal. <laughs> but on that note, uh, <laughs> you can visit the doobly-doos for this uh, episode or any of our episodes to get access to um, our Patreon, links straight to there, links to our Wix site, links to all of our social medias, links to our merch store at shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. Um, so you can go there, support us in that way, or like I've said before, the easiest and absolutely free way to support us is just to share this episode with your friends on social media and say, hey, you like wrestling, I like wrestling, listen to this wrestling podcast. But on that note, we will... Close the book on the Fantasy Booking Institute, and uh, we will see you soon. Imagine if you could take a vacation from Tur- Turks and Caicos, like on a cruise, to Madrid. <laughs>